to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh eh if you are obedient you are calling the bible ala ba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you clear. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, no, no. It's, it's not enough that you do before. And he has put all things under his side, under his side, at arm's length. Where has he put them? Somebody shout it under my The Bible reads, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and fellowship of the ministering of the saints. Somebody say, wow. wow. I know that sounds like Greek. Let me use an easier version. I'm going to read from the NLT. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor but they are also filled with abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity or rich giving for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford but far more and they did it of their own free will they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift of the believers in Jerusalem they even did more than we had hoped for first their action was to give themselves to the lord and to us just as god wanted them to do i'm going to read one last time from the passion translation beloved ones we must tell you about the grace god poured out upon the churches in macedonia for even during a season of severe difficulty tremendous suffering and extreme poverty their superabundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity of giving i can verify that they spontaneously gave not only according to their means but far beyond what they could afford they actually begged us for the privilege of giving how can you be broke but you are begging so so imagine you are so broke imagine <laughs> And then I said no don't worry don't give then you say no 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 please please get get you are not pretending you are broke that is about the macedonians giving is not for the wealthy it's a decision this already tells you that nobody cannot give everybody has got something to give No one is absolutely broke to give. Trust me. Everyone has something to give. What the Bible teaches is that everyone must give according to the blessing that God has bestowed upon them. Everyone should give according to the blessing that God has bestowed upon them. 
For example, maybe me say, all I get once in a month is, uh, is um, pocket money of 200. I can set aside the five quarter to give because that's the level of the blessing I have. If another person, let's say, makes 20 pin per month, they need to set aside according to the level that God has bestowed upon them. You see, many people, many times people who don't give, when they see people who give, they think people who give have money. No, no one has too much money to give. Giving is not as a result of having too much, it's a, it's a result of deciding to give. It's like, every time people give you money, always remember this, they didn't want. Every time someone gives you something, I want you to always know that they know this. They didn't want. Look at me. Even your boss, every time they pay you for the work you did for them, they didn't want. The only one who really wants to give you is God. That's why the Bible just says, give and it shall be given back to you. Good man. What God has not told you there is the technology he uses to make people give you. It's a force. And even that force, people can resist it. There are many times we have sown seeds we believed God, but because the breakthrough is in a human being, the person can say, ha ha, already a woman. You really believed God. Then the person just says, hi man. Because that's how human beings are. So that's how come now God wants you to spread your streams of income. So that if this person is instructed to give you but they don't give you, God can channel the inspiration to another place. This is why the tr trusting in human beings to fund you, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Every so people who borrow money, when you borrow money, remember that the person who you borrowed from <laughs> did not want to give you initially. Even the way they were looking on the face when they were borrowing you. <laughs> you can tell what ah <laughs> so now do not give back to them. You are giving them an opportunity to go to hell because they'll be bitter. <laughs> you are the one who's sponsoring that. The point I just make is every time someone gave, they didn't want to. It's, 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 it's human nature. That's why many times giving, although it is encouraged to be of free will, it's an instruction. It says, give and it shall be given back to you. Even God, back in the Old Testament, he says, when, they, when people come to the Feast of the Tabernacles and the other feasts, when the men stand before me three times, they should not come before me empty-handed. He didn't say, let them give as they are freely willing. There's a place for that. But there's also a place for, you must give. He says, don't appear before me empty-handed. And then he says, but each one must give according to the blessing I've bestowed upon them. Maybe let me just show you so that. Uh, Deuteronomy. Chapter um, 16, 
or go before you. Are you learning something? Deuteronomy chapter 16. I'm going to read verse 16. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses. So everyone was attending this, but he was giving some particular instructions to the males. Okay? At the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles, they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Was God telling people here to give according to what they, he says, give according to your heart, willingly? Does it sound like that here? This sounds like an instruction. Huh? So there's a place for giving willingly. Then there's a place for, mm, how I must give. They must not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Uh, me, I've come with my heart. No, you already gave your heart to God. Didn't you get born again, you? Huh? Didn't you, you gave your life to Christ, right? So which heart are you giving him again? You, you got it. You borrowed it last night so that you can bring it back in church. <laughs> So, we don't want your heart in the offering basket. It will be scary. Like a zombie. No. God didn't ask for their hearts here, did he? These songs some people sing. Which Bibles do you read? Look at this. They shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. All he said is every man shall give as he, as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord which he has given you. That means no man has no blessing which enables him to, to not give. Every person has a blessing. It's just in different capacities. So the whole idea of you are too broke to give is demonic. It's not godly. Look, understand your students. That's why I'm teaching you this. Because, you see, this word to a person who works like Joab is easy peasy lemon squeezy. Because it's just like, oh, ah, according to my blessing, I'll give a 300, a 200. That's what I have. You, you don't have. So that means this word is so hard for you. But you know what it does? It makes you start looking around your sources. What can I give? And then you discover there's something I can actually give. It may not be now, but surely I'm not absolutely broke. There's always something I can give at some point. When you have that mindset and God begins to bless you with work and with businesses at a later time, God can depend on you to fund his project. So this word is coming to you at the right time. Because when it comes to a person who works, it encourages them to give little. But for you, you are like the Macedonians because you are a student. Out of your deep poverty. <laughs> imagine. Imagine. Out of, because you are a student. I know I, I've been one before. Imagine you are going to give out of, out of what you are begging for an opportunity to give. 
What, what a people. You remind me of the Macedonians. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> on the giving part, on the giving part. Amen. Amen. So, look through your radar. What can you get and give to God? Every time that God wants to bless people, he, he provides a need for them to meet. He provides a need for them to meet. Then he blesses them. Because a blessing is normally provoked. It rarely just comes, boom. It's provoked. Read your Bible. It's provoked. Can you imagine this guy was entitled to a blessing? His name was Esau. But because he took long to provoke the blessing, his young brother provoked the blessing and he got everything and ran away. A blessing is provoked. There's a reason why Abraham took tithes and gave to Melchizedek. Afterwards, then Melchizedek blessed him. Mm. If you learn these things early, you will not just be feeling, you know, there are people who feel so entitled to be blessed because they are broke. They feel like, me, I don't have, so just bless me. The Bible says, give and it shall be given back to you. It doesn't say to who. So even with God, there are times when he's going to give you because you are a giver. That's what 2 Corinthians 9 teaches. He's talking about giving, giving, and then he says, and God is able to make all grace abound, that having all sufficiency, you may abound unto every good work. It's because you have given that God is making grace abound. The grace to receive does not come until you grow in the grace to give. Are you listening to me? So start early. Start. You know why I'm coming here, you people? Do you know why I'm coming here? You're not paying me. You realize that? Do you know why I'm coming here? I believe in you. I believe in the brightness of your destiny. Somebody believed in me as well. I was a boy. I was just a first-year student. My spiritual father took me up and said, you are a great man of God, you start your own ministry. I thought he was not serious with himself, but out of respect, I kept it in my heart. But the man who teach me the word of God, first year, second year, third year, he prophesied to me, told me about the church, I said, wow. I had no money, but he would call me to go and would have overnight with my friends, been an apostle friend. So they said, why we are spending this energy? Why I'm even angry at you? Huh? for not taking notes, is because we don't get angry at strangers. You can't find a person urinating out there and you get upset. But if you find your own little brother doing it in public, you get upset because because he's part of the family. So when people come to you and they are angry at you, that's energy. It takes food to be angry. You need to value that. They would have been using their energy on, on something else. Now people are upset at you because they love you. They're also upset back. <laughs> so, I'm telling you this because 
I'm seeing five years into your destiny. And there are certain things that you won't get until you start doing some things now. When I look at you a few years from a few years from here, I should be able to say, we need the 50,000 kwacha to buy this. The whole church, but I'm looking at you like this. <laughs> Who is willing? And I'm looking at you. Then once you say, okay, daddy, I'll do it. I say, ah, you didn't have to. Okay, everyone, don't give. <laughs> I know you're going to do it. Because there's been years of investment. There's been rebukes. There's been teachings. There's been slaps. There's been giving out of deep poverty back in the day. You begged for an opportunity to give like the Macedonians when you lack. Can you imagine what begins to happen to your spirit over time? What begins to happen to your mindset over time? You stop valuing wealth. Because some of you think the moment that you have money, then your value has gone up. That's the problem. If I give you 20,000 kwacha, bam! Then you now, your value now goes up. <laughs> you are in trouble because what the enemy will do is take away the 20,000 kwacha. Then you feel like your value has dropped. Uh-uh. How come you valued yourself when you were broke and you didn't have the 20,000 kwacha? How come when you had the 20,000 kwacha, your value went up? You are, your net worth is 20,000 now. So when we take out the 20,000, your net worth is zero. That's your problem. You are measuring yourself against money. So when you have money, your value has gone up. It's because there's money. But when there's no money, the humility. You just don't feel like... But that's a worldly way of measuring worth. They measure worth by net worth. But the Bible says in Matthew 6, a man does not consist in what he owns. So I'm looking at you beyond what you have, all of you. That's why I'm here. We are men of the spirit. We see in the life of a person, way beyond they see what they are seeing in themselves. That's why we invest. We invest money to be here. Burn our own gas. Even to bring you to church so that you listen to the word of God, we invest. Why? What am I getting from that? I am bound to be a blessing. It's a prison. Not because I'm the richest man alive, no. <laughs> I started young. I started young. When we're in school, here probably you don't have BC, but even that BC was not much. It was like 1,500. What can you do in one five? I know you can be happy, but it's not much. So my friends and I would bank it together, look for more money, pay for government complex. Government complex was 20 pin, 30 pin to hire it. So we had to wait till we build that money. Then afterwards, make buses. Put people on buses from school, invite them massively, drive them to government complex, lead them to Christ, put them back on buses after feeding them lunch sometimes and take them back to school. And then ourselves sometimes we would walk. What was I getting from that? So I'm not used to making money from being a blessing. It started a long time ago when I gave out of my poverty. So when I'm teaching you, I'm not just teaching you scriptures, I'm trying to explain my life to you. So you better place value on it. 
why I'm angry that you're writing is because there's a part of me I'm not seeing in you. And when I don't see that part, I know how you end up being in a few years from now. I look at you, I know how you look like three years from now. I have your picture like this three years from now. Because I know that if I didn't do those things, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, Jesus says, do not take precious pearls and cast them to swine because they will trample on them and afterwards come for you. So what I'm giving you is precious pearls. Very precious words, things I value. Can you imagine I'm telling you about myself and what we used to do? It's not boasting, it's opening up my life. You better respect it. Amen. Amen. Are you learning something? Yes. You need to be resolute. You need to not value, value wealth. If you gave out what you had today, at least you still have yourself. And the same way that wealth came, if it was from God, it would still come again. I was breathing the same oxygen when I didn't have this 20 pin. So if I give it out, I'll not be breathing carbon monoxide. It's the same oxygen. I'll still be alive. Now people who feel like if they give this one, oh, they feel like they've pulled out their left kidney like this. How did that money become part of your kidneys? So, I'm expecting everyone here to give. It's not how much. No. Good if you give more. But you give according to the blessing you have. You understand? And don't do it once because pastors motivated you now. Immediately afterwards. (laughs) No, 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 no. You make it. You make it a culture. You make it a culture. Consistently you give. Consistently, they say it's partnership. Then listen, you train your heart to be excited. Have you heard my words? Yes. You train your heart to be excited. Yes. I said what? You want you think you one day wake up excited to give. You are joking. You train your heart to be excited. Every time they say partnership, you say, yes, you don't mean it, but you're telling your heart, you work. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> Why? Because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. I want to be among the people that God loves. There are few cheer- There are many givers, few cheerful givers, few. I can count them like this, few. People who give because pastors, it won't look nice. I just have, but people who say, today we are going to give. There are few. The moment you just think about giving, then the month now begins. Suddenly you have prophetic insight. The month opens before you. You see yourself walking where you would pay transport. You see yourself going hungry where you would have hammered the shawarma. You begin seeing yourself losing bundles. Now, you see that the devil is alive. How come the devil is, not even the devil, the flesh is giving you a prophetic anointing. <laughs> you now just start, you become so sensitive of your needs. You didn't even know. Now you know that you need millimeter. You even remember the level where the millimeter was. 
simply because a certain figure from your bunch of money has appeared into your mind. Ah! The devil is a liar. You, you, you are now prophetic. Then grows a guigui. Okay. So, you will give. Amen. Amen. I said you will Amen. make it a culture. Train your heart to be happy to do it. Train. You will. You have to train it. The way you train yourself to wake up every morning for class, class, class. Till now, you don't complain. You just wake up. Whether you are happy or not, you just do. You can also learn to be happy to give. Very happy. You, you count it a privilege to do it. Yes, you don't have, but you are dead to your needs when it comes to remitting what God has blessed you with. Amen. Amen. That's the only way we are going to have a formidable church, body of Christ, from your generation. It's teachings like this which preserve the church in the next generation. Because if there are no people who begin to make sacrifices at your age, the church will be in so much lack 10 years from now. And you will be embarrassing. You'll be embarrassing us when we look at the generation and say, hey, Pastor Daniel, did you go to, you go to Chalimban? I said, Charlie what? <laughs> Oh, is that like a sugar plantation? <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Now, I want to share something with you quickly from the book of Proverbs. 